0: Let's go to the book of Ephesians, Chapter Six. Let's start with verse ten of Chapter Six. wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth, Boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak but that you also may know my affairs and how I do Tychicus a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord shall make known to you all things whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose that ye might know our affairs, and that he might comfort your hearts. Peace be to the brethren, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. That is the finish of the sixth chapter of Ephesians. Now in verse 10, finally, my brethren, after all of what he's given us, and you know, We've been through all these chapters. Uh, and it is amazing the amount of doctrine and truths that he has given in this one, one epistle. So he says, finally, my brethren, this is, the, this is the parting word. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Well, that's exactly where our strength must come from, because we don't have it in, our, in ourselves. i tell you, there's a lot of guys that got a lot of boldness, brashness, and will challenge anybody physically to a fight. But you know what? When you stand before people and you're preaching the gospel, you're preaching the word of God to them, you can't have that kind of power. Get some, you can't have it. You just and if somebody not careful, they'll be drawing back. For example, what if you were standing preaching on a street corner and you look down the way there And there's somebody that's been preaching on the other street corner, and they've got him tied to a stake and they're burning him alive. Now will you be bold, (laughs) okay? And that's what I'm talking about. You can't, we just don't have that much in us. I don't care who you are, you just don't have it. For a spiritual fight, you just don't have it. So we must be strong. In the Lord <laughs> and in the power of his might So That's why he now tells us to put on the whole armor. Well, last year, year before last, several of those uh, Friday night or Saturday night uh, sessions we had, they were all on the armor of the Lord, the armor of God, put on the whole armor of God. But we didn't wear it out. And it wouldn't doesn't hurt us to be reminded of it, and uh, to keep on digging out the wells of truth. And So, as I just said, you can't you don't have you can't have that kind of power standing for the Lord. You just don't have it unless the Lord gives it to you, and you're in His power. So, therefore, there's something that we can do. He said, "Put on the whole armor of God." Now. If you remember when David, young David, when he heard that the the armies of the Lord, of of Israel, the armies of the Lord have been challenged and been shamed by this giant, David said, is there not a cause against his older brothers and all that? He came in from the sheep and he said, there's there's a fight going on here and I'm going to go, go to the giant. Well, Saul wanted him to put on his armor. Oh, that's too. that doesn't fit me. I can't go in your strength. I must go in the Lord's strength. He said the battle is the Lord's. And so when he, I think he put on the whole armor of God. And you see how the battle turned out. So he says, now put on the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to stand. In other words, you can't if you don't. That's right. Against the wiles of the devil. Now that word is methodea in the Greek. The word from which we get our word, methods. That you be able to stand against the methods of the devil. Well, the devil has... All sorts of ways that he works to try to try to destroy us. I mean, he could even be working on the economy. You know, I love our building, but that's not the church. This building is not, our, not the church. The church is the assembly of people here. And push comes to shove, we can meet somewhere else. So anyway, what are the methods of the devil? Well, they are plenty. They are many. He says, "For because we wrestle not. Well, wrestling. Now, I don't think he's talking about gorgeous George and... The Iron Sheik and that kind of wrestling. But now, legitimate Olympic type wrestling, college wrestling, that's that's legitimate wrestling. And it absolutely, you better be in good shape to do it. Because those wrestlers are tough. They're worked out. They're built up. So, we have a battle on our hands. And the assumption is that we are battling. Now, I've heard a lot of stuff going on right now. A lot of our troops that are still stuck in Iraq, and I don't understand that, but they are. Many of them have been fired on. Many of them have been injured, our troops, and I don't think we're doing anything about it to mount to anything. You can't be in a war and not fight. Amen. If you're in a war and you're not fighting, you just lost. So he said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Well, we're not in a flesh and blood fight. That's why believers have always had problems. But we're not to take up arms and fight in the name of the Lord. Our weapons of warfare are not carnal. It means fleshly. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But what we do wrestle against are principalities. That word's used two or three times here in uh, other letters. Against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So there, there is a many front battle here. Number one is led by Satan, who has many methods. And number two, principalities and powers and ru- the rulers of the darkness of this world. Evil is not just uh, an attitude. Many people think it is, and they laugh at the idea of a devil and demons, but it ought not to be laughed at, because it is absolutely true. Uh, people, some people are evil. We all have some evil in us, depravity. Some people let it go, and they do horrible, evil things. But still, that's not the, the whole kit and caboodle of evil in this world. And it's certainly, this, this evil is not just a random set of events What he's telling us here is that there are principalities, head ones, powers, and rulers of the darkness of this world. Well, the Bible teaches us that, uh, we'll look at 2 Corinthians 4 real quick. Verse 3, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom? The God of this world. Now that's a little g. But here, who is he talking about? He's talking about Satan. The God of this world Hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. There's one of his methods. Blinding the minds of them that believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So there is a method of the ruler of the darkness of this world. Satan himself. Uh, We'll look at John's gospel, chapter 12. Verse 31, Jesus says, now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. The prince of this world. Paul says the God of this world. Jesus says the prince of this world. Well, you're talking about the rulers of the darkness. And then look at John uh, 14. Verse 30: Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. Satan didn't find anything in Jesus, but he calls him the prince of this world. He's the prince of the power of the air, he's the God of this world. He walks about as a roaring lion. Seeking whom he may devour. There's another method. So we need to understand that we need to be armed in order to stand against the wiles or the methods of Satan. The devil, those all names of, of the devil. I think it's kind of strange that these school boards permit students to have classes in Satanism but not the Bible. That would be a method of Satan. So, the rulers of the darkness. Now I want to say something. Uh, We need to learn to recognize our enemies. I think it's 2nd Samuel. Yeah, 2nd Samuel chapter 3. Joab killed Abner. And when they came and told David about it, here's what he did. In verse 27, when Abner was returned to Hebron, Joab took him aside in the gate to speak with him quietly and smote him there under the fifth rib that he died for the blood of Asahel, his brother. So Joab... Killed Abner. They came and told David about it. Verse 32. They buried Abner in Hebron. And the king lifted up his voice. And wept at the grave of Abner. And all the people wept. And the king. That is David. He lamented. Over Abner. And he said. Died Abner. As a fool dieth. Well, what he meant by that, it said that Joab said, Abner, come here, I want to tell you something. And I got to get in secret to do this. He wanted to whisper sweet nothings in his ear. So he gets him in. And as soon as he gets him down, he shoves that knife under his fifth rib. And I guess it went right straight to his heart. I don't know. I'm not a... Doctor, I don't know the human anatomy that well to know, but I, I would say that that's what that did. So anyway, so David said that Abner, he asked the question, but I believe he's telling the, the answer to, in, the, in the question, is he did die as a fool died because he did not recognize his enemy. And we're in that shape in this country right today. I mean, we're selling our land to our enemies. We're selling our factories to our enemies. And our president is in cahoots with them. But they don't... Do you think they take over this country? They would worry about him? What fools they are. We need to recognize our enemies. We all need to do it. And on a spiritual level... We need to recognize who we're really fighting against trying to take a stand for the Lord here at the Richmond Road Baptist Church. We're not fighting flesh and blood, but we are fighting, wrestling with the God of this world, the prince of the power of the air, and the one whose methods are, he's got all of his demons, and he's using everything that under the sun to destroy us. <coughs> I think that's pretty wise advice and that's what he says finally. Now, wherefore taken unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand? In the evil day, now what day is that? That's the day that you need him, which may be every day. And having done all to stand, when you get done standing, stand some more. See, don't don't say, "Well, I've I've stood in the times past, and I'm I'm tired." No, having done all to stand and stand some more. <coughs> got to stand. Oh, and he says, verse 14, stand. In case you didn't get that, he says, stand, therefore. Having your loins girt about with truth. Well, your loins would be your thighs. When I would their dress in those days, the way they dressed, had the robes on like you know I guess what you call them and if you was carrying a sword or any other thing, if you had to had to fight or you had to run you didn't want everything flopping. So you had some of, some of them were made with copper metal to girt your loins about to hold everything in. Now, what gunfighter didn't have str- uh, rawhide strings to tie his holster on his leg to keep it from flopping? I mean, before he draws, you don't want that holster, you know, you got... It's got to be tight. Well, same thing be with a sword or anything else you have. You have to have it all girt about. Well, what'll tighten everything up? Uh, Truth. (laughs) Where do we find the truth in the Word of God? When they start, Brother Wayne talking about investigating into the trail of blood and all that. We're going to get ready on that in January. Uh, we're going to start that again. But there are many, many people out there who are who are attacking the trail of blood. There are lots of so-called Baptist preachers that claim that it's got mistakes in it. I've challenged everyone I could ever get to to show me one, and they've never done it. They've never shown me one, not one, not one time. You might even be surprised who said there was mistakes in it. Uh, I can tell you, he's dead now. But you'd be surprised. Anyway, I asked him, where, where are the mistakes in the trail of blood? Somehow they never did get around to giving me one. That one guy, that former pastor of Porter Memorial, he said the whole book's full of them. I said, then you ought to be able to give me one. Well, I don't know that much about it. I said, then you ought not to shoot your mouth off about something you don't know what you're talking about. He said, well, you shouldn't talk to a man like that. Yes, I should. Yes, I should. When when he pull, pull that garbage, yes, I should. Anyway, They don't come up with anything. They attack the Bible. And the Bible's never been disproven on any one thing ever. Archaeologically, historically, scientifically, not one thing's ever been disproven in the word of God. So, but you, if you're going to defend, and you got to be able to defend. They talk about apologetics, apologetics, at the Creation Museum, and that's great. If you remember one time, before we ever started going up there, I came out with a message, I said, I want to apologize. And that's what I was talking about. An apology is a defense of the faith. We need to be able to defend the faith. We don't need to let people, let just fools, run their mouths and never be challenged, especially in front of people that need to know. We need to be able to defend the faith, and then there's another way you go about it, and that's called a polemicist. anybody ever remember that word? A polemicist. That's one who goes on the attack. I like the polemicist, but anyway, uh, I'm I'm dead serious. Uh, we don't have anything to back up from on the word of God, and when you go out, it may kill you. It may get you killed. But we ought not to be backing up from the Word of God. And if we've got our loins girded about with truth, we've got the strength to stand. And having on the breastplate of righteousness. Do you know what that Greek word is there for breastplate? Thorax. Dave, you know what that word is thorax, (laughs) lungs. So, the breastplate righteousness, you can't, you're not apt to stand very strong if you don't have on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, of course, if you're a child of God, you have been uh, given the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ but I think there he's not talking about that so much I think he's talking about our works in our life our work righteous works righteous acts if you're not living for the Lord you're not going to take a stand for the Lord Amen. and so we need we need to put on the breastplate of righteousness And then your feet shod. Well, you know, shod. The children of Israel came across the Red Sea. Dry shod. That means they had on dry shoes. And they didn't get wet. The feet didn't get wet. Dry shod. Well, your horses are shod with horseshoes. And we're shod with shoes. But spiritually, we need to be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. How can you have the... the, the, Wherewithal to stand in your shoes, standing out on rough ground and people attacking you. You're standing in the gospel. You're standing in the gospel of God's sovereign peace. And above all, taking the shield of faith. When I, when we, some Bible school, we've we've had shields for that. Well, the shield of faith. If you remember the the uh, uh, video that we watched on the Pilgrim's Progress, y'all remember that? I remember, I thought it extremely well done. And John Bunyan used all of those, those uh, types. And they were acted out in that, if you remember that, that the Pilgrim used... Used all of that. And then it's all the taking on the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. The shield of faith. Salvation is by grace through faith. Amen. And somebody said, Well, how do you know you believe? Faith. T Eaton said, You faith Christ made a made a verb out of it. F-A-I-T-H-E, faith christ you believe on him and you take the shield of faith and you block those fiery darts of satan he throws them fiery darts be arrows or spears or whatever they are i don't think about darts throwing a dart game i don't want somebody throwing them at me well the devil throws them at you with uh, spiritually well the shield of faith blocks those i'd like the little boy that went to a revival meeting. And he was there several nights. And the Lord worked on him. and Worked the work of grace in him. He went down and said, I've been saved. The Lord has saved me. And so he was all rejoicing. Went home at night. Got in bed praying and thanking the Lord and all that. And all of a sudden, here, here's the devil appears to him. And so who, who are you kidding You're not good enough to be saved, boy. You're just kidding yourself. Well, he gets all down and depressed. He goes back and talks to the preacher. And he takes him over to his Bible, says, John 5, 24. Look what that says. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my father's hand. My father which gave them me... Greater than all. I and my father are one. So he goes home at night and he's rejoicing, and praying, thanking the Lord. And here comes old devil again. And you know, you're just kidding yourself. You're not good enough to be saved. You just look, look at what all you've done and all that. You're not good enough. He says, Look, he opened his Bible, read that. And the devil left him. There's a shield of faith. Quenching the fiery darts of Satan. And it, they, they come on every kind of hand. And take the helmet of salvation. Well. Knowing. 1 John. Five says hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments and I've written these things that you might know Amen. somebody said about a no soul salvation well if you know from the word of God that you're saved and you live with that in your mind your heart, you've got the helmet of salvation on, and nobody's going to deter you. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and that's all we've got to fight with. That's all we've got to fight with is the Word of God. I'll give you this. I remember when I was in Bible college, And at first you hear things, you you have to weigh them first. You don't, you know, you don't know. We're saying that if you're going to talk to an atheist about the Lord, you can't use the Bible. That was, you remember those conversations? But you know, How can I go fight a sword fight and leave my sword at home? You're dead. You're whipped. We don't ever leave the word of God out of our lives, out of our witnessing. I know some preachers, now, I think they do this on purpose. They come to preach a funeral. They got a little old, like a little old book, not a Bible. And they might have some scripture written down, but it's a little poem book. And that's how they preach that funeral, out of that poem book. The only comfort, especially for a child of God, is the Word of God. Because I want nothing but the word of God. And so. The sword of the spirit. Which is the word of God. You Go back to first Thessalonians five. And that'll tell you the same thing. And then he says. Praying always. With all prayer and supplication. In the spirit. Now. What is. Supplication. Compared to prayer. Well, one can be for the other. This is my observation. You can't find much written on this at all. Have you ever looked it up? There's there's not much written on it at all. The best I can determine is when prayer and supplication are used together prayer is the normal praying supplication has even the connotation of begging a more serious earnest praying now if they're just used one at a time then it's 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 the same thing but that's the best I can determine is that is that reason okay praying always well. Uh, how can you pray always? You know when we pray, we all stand, we all bow our heads, and we pray, and when we get done, we say amen and all that. Is that what he means? Couldn't possibly be. If that's what it is, we can't ever do anything but pray. Uh, Thessalonians on the pray without ceasing. Praying always. So, how can we pray without ceasing and pray always? We must be in a constant state of communication with God. Every waking hour. You can do that and take care of everything else, too. There's not a thing that is hindering you from doing that. And so, we need to do that with all prayer. And supplication uh, always, and watching thereunto, with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. When I watchings, that's another thing that we don't hear much about. One thing I think he's talking about: watchings and perseverance, uh, with all perseverance. We tend to say, Lord, whatever the issue is. Somebody's dying or you're dying or you're looking for the Lord's will. And you pray. And this time, two hours from now, you can't remember what you prayed about. Am I getting through? I don't think that's. With all perseverance and watching. Watching for the Lord to answer your prayers in either way. And constantly praying and seeking the Lord's face. I think that's what he's talking about. And for me that utterance. Speech. May be given unto me. That I may open my mouth boldly. Now, here's Paul. Look what he has suffered, what he has gone through, and he's still praying, and that wanting you to pray, or these folks to pray, that he might have boldness and utterance to preach the gospel, to make known the mystery. Of the gospel, well, you tend to think, well, boy, it's Apostle Paul. He's got it all down pat. He doesn't think he does. He still needs help. Amen. The the to make known the mystery of the gospel. We know the gospel is no mystery to those who know the gospel, but to those who don't, it is a mystery. And he said, In the, for which I am an ambassador. In bonds. Now, that word for ambassador there has in it presbuo, aged. Paul refers himself as an old ambassador in jail, in bonds. We read Philemon, verse 9. Paul the aged is what it says. And so he has age coming upon him, and he needs help with that. But he said, pray for me that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. He's an ambassador in chains, in bonds. And he's not, notice what he's not praying, asking you to do, asking the folks at Ephesus to do. He's not asking them to pray that he gets out of the mess he's in. He's not asking to pray to relieve him of his pain. He's not asking anything to aggrandize himself or to ease his situation. He's asking them to pray that I'll have more strength to stand boldly and declare the word of God boldly as I ought to. I don't know about you all, but that shames me. It, may, it ought to make us think about our praying too. <laughs> I'll tell you. But that you also may know my affairs. I want you to know what's going on with me. And how I do, how I'm doing, Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, shall make known to you all things. I've sent him to inform you of what's going on with me and what's going on in the Lord's work, whom I have the same purpose, that you all might know our affairs and that he might comfort your hearts. Well, it's good. When you hear what's going on and you know firsthand what's going on, there's comfort in that. So, so peace be to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Would in, indicate that there are those that don't sincerely love the Lord. They give Lip service, but that's all. So that finishes up the book of Ephesians, and I. Hate to-